Hello, welcome to the all-new 52 podcast. I'm your host, Joe Schrimmer, and with me, as always, is my partner in the ring, the crazy Caleb. Tap me in, brother. I'm going to bring the pain today. We talk about comics on this podcast, from the new to the old to the to the recent indie critical darlings. Yes. As if I'm to be led correctly. Yes. This was a uh a book we're talking about that got a lot of a lot of love and a lot of attention when it was coming out. And so I uh, picked it up because I was I was curious. We're gonna be talking about do a power bomb. Yes, this was created, written, and illustrated by Daniel oh, Warren Johnson. I did not notice that when I was reading it. Yeah, he uh, and, and he did this similarly with another book we talked about, Wonder Woman Dead Earth. Um, but he's also bounced around uh, mostly DC. Uh, seems to seems to have found a nice little uh, little reputation over there for creator with a lot of unique vision and flair. Uh, but he did not do this alone. He uh, also had Mike Spicer doing the colors and Russ Wooten doing the letters. So yes, you we. Uh... When you brought this book last time, you mentioned the Dead Earth in, in past works. And by golly, does this almost look like a continuation of that Like directly? There is a lot about this. He loves his post-apocalyptic setting. I think the best way to describe it is like the side of a minivan that's driven by a metalhead in the 80s. Like or like what movies would like yes. lead you to believe. <laughs> Honestly, it's a better version of what all those minivans probably look yeah. like. But we're in Wonder Woman Dead Earth. It was like post-apocalyptic fantasy. And in uh like Jurassic League, it was dinosaurs. Here it's Japanese pro wrestling. Yeah, there's gonna be I feel like we're gonna have a lot of uh pauses in between because this you brought up um what was the book you brought up in what you were reading last week where it started off some way. And it, oh, and, yes. it, and it changed. Yeah. Uh, unnatural order. Unnatural order. I had very much a similar experience with this where it started off one way and I was like, all right, I'm on board. And then it, and, and then it just completely went a di- different direction from what I was expecting. I was like, huh, well, here we go. <laughs> so were you just kind of ready to take that face value or were you a little disappointed? I was a little disappointed okay. about where it went. I think that is, I think that is reasonable. I, I knew I knew who their final match was, which mm-hmm. I'm a little disappointed in. So I knew that it was going to go places. I did not. So I wasn't surprised that it took a supernatural twist, but I could easily see if I hadn't known that being a little bummed. Yeah. I'm not necessarily because I'm terrible about this, but you know, try to judge stuff at like what it gives me and not what I want out of it. It's just, man, at the very beginning when you're led <laughs> to believe it's something and then it's hard turn almost immediately, yeah, yeah. it is very hard to get out of that mindset. But we're here to talk about what it is and not what it could have been, even though that will probably come up in <laughs> my critiques. Let's talk about the, I guess we haven't really synopsized it at all. No, no. It it's, follows a young wrestler named Lana Steelrose. Her mother was a big star of Japanese pro wrestling before she had a uh, fatal accident in the ring which ended her career. Uh, well, it ended her life. Her career went on, but her life was sadly lost. Uh, but because of that, her uh, Lana's father, Jacob, has been uh, uh, kind of making it hard for Lana to uh, follow her career in wrestling because he doesn't want the same thing happening to her. So she's just kind of going around doing like underground stuff. And one night she gets approached by a necromancer from another dimension who's a big fan of pro wrestling. There's that hard turn. He's like, I've got a pro wrestling competition where whoever wins 
I will resurrect one person for them. She ends up, the only partner she can get is the, uh, the wrestler who accidentally killed her mother, who we find out is her father. Um, she has never seen this person without the mask. So, and that explains some of the father's guilt. They go into the other dimension and they wrestle various different wacky, uh, wacky teams. And eventually, um, the necromancer, they win the tournament by technicality. The necromancer is like, Hey guys, I can't actually, I don't actually have the power to do this, but I do know someone who can and sets up a wrestling match with God. Uh, I should, I think it should be mentioned that that reveal of the father being her tag partner is a later reveal. It happens with like the third issue. We find out about it in like the second or the third issue. Yeah, but the for a character realization, it's yes, not for yes. like the fifth issue. Yeah, it happens to her during a match in the ring. Yeah, um, as as a good dramatic moment should in yes, a sport as, sh- as it should. Yeah. So let's talk about the art. Where it's very familiar. <laughs> yeah. It is art we've critiqued before. Yes, I like it more though. I do like it more. I think, it, I definitely, think it definitely suits this style more. It gets a little vomit inducing sounds a little mean, but I just mean in the sense of there's a lot of a lot of uh, oranges and uh, complementary colors to orange that, wow, they make it pop. I'm not a fan of orange in general. Interesting. So I, I, I think I think it complements the book very well. I just I don't like those colors to start with. <laughs> I am. Um... It is it is <laughs> technically proficient. Uh, just subjectively, not my cup of tea. I, I I didn't notice that. I mean, you're right. I think orange, yellow, and pink are probably the most common. Um, in in a very hyper color type, mm-hmm. uh, type approach to it. I didn't notice. I didn't have the effect you did with the uh with the oranges. Um, what I noticed mostly about this art is how well and maybe better than any comic I can think of. It carries over action from panel to panel. It is very like if a character is like flipping uh an opponent over their head and bringing them down on the mat it looks like that like the action is perfectly carried over without feeling uh like slow or um or uh posed it just feels like it feels like it captures the momentum and the action of wrestling very well i think it's very simple designs are helping with that nothing's too overly busy for the most part, so they're able to get these uh, pretty dynamic poses in. You're right. They um, and I think it would have been it's it's something this comic had to su- succeed at if it wanted to be any form successful is getting that action to have continuity to it. Yeah. And so I was and I was like looking out for that. I'm like, all right, this is gonna be this is like a make it or break it thing, and it it made it. Yeah. Thanks. I also like the uh, the sound effects. There are a lot of very big sound effects that I did not notice those. They. That's also not something that like I noticed. Like it, it's such a known part of the medium. It like yeah. it blends in with me. Yeah, and I think there's something to it there, but I don't know. I I think it's it's a mix of one. They have sound effects that are just describing action. So the sound effect will be jump if yeah. a character's jumping, and then those are mixed in with like your regular cracks or thumps or whatever. But I also think that kind of clutters the page in a in a friendly way where. Um, you know, they'll have a bunch of small ones and then one big one that just takes up the entire panel mm-hmm. as a character who's doing a big action that I think it helped give it a little bit of flair because that's what wrestling is. It's all about the it's all flair. Yeah. Yeah. It's all the presentation. For sure. They do a good job of not 
leaving much blank space during the fights where you can you could probably leave it pretty bare because you're focused on what the character is doing but no you always have the ring as its setting and for the most part you'll have the people watching the fight like there there's never there's never like a lazy panel yeah really yeah and i think that's why this works maybe a little bit better than uh some of the dc stuff i've read from johnson is it just feels more like personal is the wrong word because i don't think it's coming from like a deep emotional place I think I think the origin story behind this was that he started watching Japanese pro wrestling when he had a kid and like, you know, he had to stay up with the mm-hmm. baby. So like I guess there is something of an emotional thing there, but it doesn't feel biographical. It just feels it feels like there's a clear interest here. Yeah, he it's something he understands a little better. It's like it's not necessarily grounded, but it's like he gets it. It's yeah, it's a topic yeah. he really gets and so he's able to translate it really well. Yeah. It's very clear someone who the the writer and, and the artist in this case knows wrestling yes so they're able to, to translate it very well yeah and th- that's not to say that like in jurassic uh league or whatever he didn't he like, hasn't watched enough jurassic park to really get that <laughs> t-rex it's not like editorial came to him as like you have to write a book about the justice league but they're dinosaurs but it just it feels like him being able to kind of build his own world from the ground up from that place lends better to such a unique style definitely Positives. I think that there is a very simple baseline emotional story here. It, it has all the beats you would imagine with Lana's uh, Lana's grieving for her mother and how that's complicated with her relationship with her father. And I think it plays those beats out in a very predictable but satisfying way. Aside from one or two moments, I would agree with you. There, there's not a lot here that is like a surprise. The only thing I was a little taken aback was around issue five or something. They, they don't number the issues in this. There's issue breaks, but they just don't number uh, yeah. which issue we're yeah. in. So I was, I'm not sure where I'm at. I'm just like, oh, it's probably where around where their opponents for a little bit fire and who was her partner. It's like the two, they start, oh. they start having, they start like they win a match and they're like, all right, now we fight to the death. Yes. Uh, Fi- the, their team name is Fizo. I don't Fizo, remember yeah. their names, but yeah. Yeah. They have their little part where it's like, ah, interesting. I wasn't expecting it to go here. But yeah, for the rest of it, very predictable. And yeah. That's not a bad thing, really. Yeah. Um, I think this understands kind of the the uh ideas of like heels and uh faces really well. Uh interposing those into the characters. Cause the thing, none of these teams are not fun to root for. Break that down for me. I'm a little, I'm, I'm confused what you mean. Okay. So, you know, faces and heels and wrestling. No. You got your, okay. <laughs> faces, faces are your good guys. Heels are your bad guys. Okay. Um, and a lot of times there will be flips. So like, that's where we get the word heel, heel turn and all that stuff. Ah. So like the rock was good. Then he turned bad. Then he turned back good. But the thing is, is that because it's a business, you want to be able to, you want to have people be able to root for both sides mm-hmm. so that you can sell merch for both sides. Yeah. Um, you want them to enjoy hating the bad guys and like cheering for the good guys. Um, I feel like this does this where even when there are characters who I think are filling the antagonistic role, their heels in the story, they still give enough like dimension and character to them that they're fun. Like I can get emotionally invested in them. Um, like Fizo. They're they're bad. Like they're they're the bad guys in the story. But I understand where they're emotionally coming from, mm-hmm. and I can get emotionally rooted in all the bad things they're doing. Definitely. Uh, like we were talking about in the art, I think it 
I think it can't be understated enough that Johnson really gets wrestling. So you're you're able to have the and he's back with the with the chair. Yeah, you, yeah. You have all those like stereotypical moments, but that are that are very fun. Like they're they're jokes for a reason because people love seeing them pop up. Like the only thing you're missing is oh, it's a cage match. You're, yeah, yeah. You're really he's really hitting almost every single like hype moment you can get in wrestling. And I'm coming at this from someone who like from the outside, I'm like, yeah, I'd probably enjoy wrestling, but I'm never going to get into it. But every time I hear something about it, I'm like, yeah, that sounds rad. I like I like the presentation of wrestling. The actual matches are kind of boring. And maybe that's because like over here we just have WWE, like all the other most of the other wrestling uh stuff were swallowed up by Vince McMahon. But like where he's, but I do enjoy like people explaining to me like the storylines and stuff mm-hmm. and watching the highlights and all that stuff. Nothing gets me fun more like hype than a good promo. Yeah. Uh, like just two wrestlers like yelling at each other. That's yeah. so much better than them like jumping Actually. each other. <laughs> yeah. And that's it, it, like, that's one of the beats they had to nail if they were going to get this, uh, this setting to work. Yeah. So I'm happy they were able to get that across. In the page turn, I think it's an issue three. Where uh, Cobra Sun, which is Lana's dad's name, wrestling name, where he's like, "We're gonna make this. We're gonna make this a death match," and it just cuts to him with like a duffel bag full like barbed wire, and he has a baseball bat and stuff. I'm like, "Ooh, this is that's a great page turn. That's mm-hmm. a great place to leave off an issue," um, because they did they do the straight wrestling, and like you guys, like okay there, but then they 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 get the quirky stuff. Yes, yeah, yeah. I also like the. Uh, I think there are a lot of fun characters here. Um, or fun character concepts, right? Like when you see all the other wrestling teams, it's like, oh, these are, these are uh, clearly we're having fun with this, mm-hmm. which is cool. Uh, Orangabang, the team that's just two orangutans. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> one, of them's, one of them's very big. One of them's very small. That leads to a lot of fun stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, overall, solid concept, solid execution. Yeah. I'm not going to say it's like a home run, or anything. I got, got quite a bit of issues with these eight issues. All right. Well, let's dive into that then. I think it was a mistake to reveal to the reader before it got revealed to Lana that her partner was her dad. I think it's you know, that's not a crazy reveal or anything, but I think doing it that much earlier just t- takes away from it being a reveal for uh, Lana later on. I would agree that when it gets revealed to Lana, just because there's so much else going on in that match, it feels a little rushed. Um, I wonder, though, if he had waited, if that would have diminished some of the emotional uh, weight of her like training with Cobra Sun and coming up and like, um, like them growing as a, as a team. Would that be diminished if we didn't know that that was her dad? I, I think it wouldn't have been. I think having the mystique around him would have been better if it like held on for longer for, for the reader. Yeah. In particular. Cause I, I think everything, everything he does with Lana, fine. Like it's all, it's all hitting the beats and it's all good. I think mm-hmm. it's just, it's, it, it's diminished because we know. I'm yeah. Like, okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. I also have an issue with the family and this, uh, her uncle who is a promoter, um, or at least that's how he's presented. Mm-hmm. He is, it turns out that he also got invited to the wrestling thing and the championship and you get that and he pops in and then he like immediately like Fizo does something dirty and like he gets really he gets messed paralyzed. Up. Yeah. Yeah. And they never come back to this. It's 
told within like the span of three pages. It was confusing for me because I thought that he just worked in the business. I didn't know he was actually wrestling. Yeah. It just and there are a couple moments like that where they're like trying to force in a a beat to make it more dramatic. I think that is probably my number one complaint with this is stuff feeling rushed. I I can appreciate a story being contained in one trade. Yeah. Uh I I feel like if they wanted to do this tournament style thing, it was not the right move to do with how quickly they have to resolve all these fights. It'll be like Three pages, mm-hmm. fights over. I was wondering because you tournament arcs are a bigger deal in manga and anime, I love right? me a good tournament arc. How long is the ideal? Because I also was like, I could have used a little bit more of this. Are we, are we talking ideal? My preference, ideal. Or like, uh, you know, or like, just like the normal. If uh, you if if David Warren Johnson came to you and pitched you this, how many issues would you allow him to expand on it? So probably a normal amount is. I'm thinking. Uh, I'm thinking Dragon Ball. Yeah. For like my normal and they'll have you're following multiple characters that are in the tournament too that like you want to see succeed. So they'll have a lot to do. So and it'll be normally four or five chapters per fight mm-hmm. just so you can have someone gets their move. Someone gets their move. You, you have the back and forth. You have someone gets the upper hand. You have enough time to really get that. Um, and then there's like my personal favorite Shaman King where uh, during its tournament guard, which is the entire back half is you'll have you'll have a whole trade dedicated to the one fight. So you I mean, you know, which kind of its uh benefits and its negatives. But I'll, these fights being resolved in less than half a chapter, I'm like I don't have any time to get invested in most of these. Yeah. It, I, and it doesn't ever feel like there's really anything to overcome yeah. because of that. I think I think you could further explore this, expand on things like the uncle being there and some of the characters Definitely. backstory. If you gave this like 12 issues, I don't think it needs to be too much more than that, but I think they definitely, I think every fight needs at least two chapters or two issues for it to, mm. some of these to really, not every fight, obviously some can be like yeah. a quick little montage type thing, but I don't know. A ring of bang would have been fun to get like, that is the whole issue. Like I'm not saying it needs a lot of depth to it. Yeah. I, I, and this is just me coming from mostly reading American comics. Yeah. I can't imagine that happening and what like spreading one fight over two issues. I mean, it is a pacing thing and it's just a matter of like, this is a very, this is a pretty dense book as it is. There's a lot, um, a lot of art to follow and a lot of words to follow. Mm-hmm. So I do think it would probably like the pacing would have to completely change Yeah, for that. You'd have to have more action pages that aren't littered with, uh, commentary and thoughts and whatnot. But that was really the biggest detractor for me. It's like, ah, this action's like, satisfying but i don't really have time to get invested before it's over yeah no i i think i definitely wish there was more of it there um especially when they get to god because like that's such a fun concept of like you're literally wrestling god and then it's over yeah it's just it's like oh that's one issue that that is the fight that i think could go over a couple issues at least um and then just also have the build up where it's like get to know the world building Mm -hmm. a little bit more like and i think the the stuff is fun like when they make god bleed I yeah. really that's that's great that's yeah. a great moment I just wish there was and I think David John David Warren Johnson could have delivered more moments like that so definitely I don't like the supernatural turn it took <laughs> it sets up one thing and then does a hard pivot and I'm like okay I, I kind of would have liked if they played it a little more straight but yeah I, I, I wouldn't you wouldn't have gotten a ring of bang in that sense but yeah yeah um I don't know I, I think it would have made the 
going for the resurrection plot line, I'm just like, eh, I would have liked there to be a more grounded approach to this. Do you think they could have done any supernatural stuff in it or? Sure. You can have like a fighter come in and they have like powers and, or, and like you could even have, I, I'd be fine if it's like, it's, it is this like high concept world where it's like, and we're fighting a monkey. The monkey doesn't necessarily talk, yeah. but like this monkey's in the competition. It's like a punch out where that one of your opponents is randomly Donkey Kong. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I probably would enjoy just a straight David Warren Johnson, uh, wrestling story or one with a little bit a little bit extra flair to it um as soon as i got to issue two though i immediately thought of you like in your unnatural history tangent i was like oh man (laughs) it it just happened yeah yeah but i do think that overall i i like the uh high concept stuff enough that like it's one of those things fine yeah i would probably enjoy both versions yeah yeah, no, those are those are mostly my negatives. I just it, it's one of those things where it's like the biggest negative of the book is just that there's not more of it. Yeah, I think that's its its hardest thing. Um and it, it took it took me a second to really get through. It wasn't one that I uh, was like eager to get through. I think just because the the pacing was so like back and forth where it's like action scenes are they're blistering fast and we're gonna really take our time with yeah. plot stuff. So just kinda I don't know. I never really got into the groove of reading it. Yeah, I the way I read these is I read them all in a day now because that's how my schedule works. And uh-huh. sometimes that's good for comics. Sometimes that's bad. This I I think I yeah I wish I could have like had a little bit more time to like just have kind of, uh, enjoyed the art and digest stuff and, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But overall, not not bad experience either. No, I think. Um, we might be coming across a little harshly on this. I think this lines up with most of our indie things where we're like, yeah, it's pretty good. Probably could have spent a little more time in the oven. It's definitely the best David Warren Johnson thing I've read. Okay. And as like, I think he's going to be someone who sticks around for a while. So yeah, yeah I definitely recommend for me. Just tempered expectations is <laughs> I, I do kind of wonder what it would be like if we got to do a power bond annual because mm-hmm. there's other tournaments that, that have gone on. It's just like, well, let's not be burdened by a main character, even though I think the I like Alana here. I think she's yeah, a good she's main fine. character. But it's like, let's not be burdened by that and let's have maybe a little bit more uh, time to do the world building. Now that everyone's like sold on it as a Concept. as a title. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's just some stuff. It's like, eh, I think if they'd taken a chance of like spending more time setting stuff up and really getting uh, motivations down beforehand and even during the fight it could have sold me more on it yeah and of course then you have the you have the challenge of how much is image gonna you know it's gonna like allow yeah and then also retaining interest how much can johnson keep up with this since he's doing most of the creative work yeah definitely while also having like a books outside of this that yeah. he's working on definitely um but yeah i I enjoyed uh, enjoyed my time with it. Glad I bought it. Um, I go back and reread it. It will be for the action and not necessarily for yeah the story. Yeah, definitely. You been reading anything lately? I uh, I I picked up uh, Mark Wade's black black label book, the uh, Superman in the Final Days of Lex Luthor. I've not heard I think of this it's one. Called. I haven't read it yet. I haven't had time, but um, I'm very excited to uh, to dig through that. Then just continuing um, all new X-Men 
uh, Bendis's all new X-Men. And, Are you getting into that? Or Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going back through it a little bit more. It's 47 issues, so I don't know if I'll go all the way, mm-hmm. but I'm enjoying it enough. Mystique got introduced. And I'm like, well, of course, I'm going to follow the Mystique storyline. No, the, the big thing I've wanted to go by, I went to, the, I went to the comic store, and I just unfortunately went on the day when they were restocking the shelves so they didn't oh, have everything yeah. out. Uh, X-Men Blue, X-Men Origins Blue. Have you heard of this? No, it's a, it's another one of the... I, I usually hear about red and gold. Those are the ones I hear the most about. I didn't know there was a blue. Blue is blue is only one issue. Um, okay. It is uh, Cy Spurrier, who's been doing uh, the, the Nightcrawler book, Legions of X. It is retelling uh, and retro, you know, retconning Nightcrawler's backstory. So he is no longer the son of Azazel. This is... Ah, necessary change. I mean, that is one of the most hated X-Men stories of all time. Really? Yeah, people hate the Draco. Um, it is people... I mean, it's in Chuck Austin's run too, which people don't like. There's a lot of stuff in Chuck Austin's run that people have a problem with, but people hate this idea of it. And part of that is because Chris Claremont's idea that a lot of people like, and which is what is now canon, uh, thanks to Cy Spurrier, is that Mystique is his father and Destiny is his mother. So Mystique took on a male form uh, and impregnated uh, Destiny. I I think it works. It fits with the story a little bit more. They, I have not read it yet. I have heard that they find a way to explain Azazel, the Azazel of it all. Here's my problem with it. And once again, this might change when I've read it. Um, one of the one of the main parts of Nightcrawler's backstory is that night is that him and Mystique were running away from like a pitchfork mob mm-hmm. she yeets the baby off uh off a bridge and it's like oh, very moses the demon's <laughs> down there and uh well no it's not like laying him off in the river it's like it's like high bridge like the baby's gonna die and uh and like that's the first time he teleports or whatever and it's like now they've changed it so he she just like leaves him in the woods or whatever oh, now, and okay. then goes back to it i'm like no I, mystique can be a bad guy just because yeah. mystique is awesome doesn't mean that she can't do bad things yeah I don't know. I feel like I wish and it's a very Marvel centric problem nowadays with uh, the refusal for a fresh start of I feel like so many of these series are spent spend like just issues and issues worth like well, we're going to retcon a problem that people have a thing with where it's like honestly you could just not address it and like it would have been fine. Yeah, yeah it would have been fine. Like I don't know. I always have the Spider-Man comparison but like a lot of the end of Spencer's run was the entire time they think they're going to retcon one more day and then they end up retconning uh, sins past and it's like we, we, we did not have to <laughs> address any of that like people people already don't like treat that as canon yeah I think I think what's interesting about this one is that I do I, I do think it would have been just fine if they had kept it as Azel even though I think making as the initial decision that making Introducing Azazel as Nightcrawler's dad was stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, we would have survived if they had never retconned it. I think it makes the relationship between Mystique, Destiny, and Nightcrawler, and then add on Rogue, a little bit more interesting and a little bit thornier. And, you know, I like all four of those characters. So yeah. I think there's good story potential here, even if, as with all retcons, it's a little, it feels a little bit arbitrary uh, yeah. at first. Yeah, I also think it comes with the pedigree of this was Claremont's original intention that he wasn't allowed to do at the time. That's fair. So. That's fair too. 
don't know. There, there's just a lot of modern comic stuff where you're like, I'm coming at this from someone who hasn't read it. And I'm like, man, I just feel like you could spend time doing something different. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, which I think also is like, well, it's it's a one issue thing. One shot. That, yeah, it's not yeah. taking up like time in a main series. So that's yeah, that is definitely better. Yeah. Um, that also that also just leaves you to be like, oh, it's a one shot that. So we'll see how that gets collected eventually. <laughs> Who knows how much it will matter in like that long term of things? Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's one of those things where it's like I don't think it will ever be a central reading exactly because it can't. It just cancels out the Draco. So if you're a big Nightcrawler fan, just skip over both and. Well, I guess you'd want to read this one because you'd want the reveal that it's Mystique. But um, overall, I think I think it works for the character. It would yeah, it would have worked better if it had been the thing in the eighties. Yeah, it's purely a let's retcon. Get those fan, please. And it, yeah, I'll, I'll try to stop being so negative about. No, that. no. It, listen, you can you should critique this because, like, well, I've been hearing from. X uh, X discourses. It's very glowing, which I understand. I'm that's kind of where I'm coming from. It's like, oh, this is cool, but I do think it's yeah. I don't have history with these characters either, so I'm like coming out. I'm just I'm just like, eh, that's that's a story. I think it I think it reflects editorial problems that come with comic books, American Big Two comic. Yeah, books. I I don't know. There's just more and more. Oh, I've always been the the. I, I I'm not in love with the medium yeah. of the two of us. We're like I, I do like it, and but there's there's always more things that bug me about things than there are things that please me. Yeah, and so I just get more and more jaded as time goes. <laughs> especially especially when you're 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 the one guy you know, <laughs> like in the not saying you yeah, yeah in just, general, but just like in in any conversation where it's like. Am, am I the crazy one? <laughs> nah, I, yeah, I think I think if you think you have the most like reasonable take because most people are not X Men fans who were who have been like debating this for a, a while for decades. Um, but uh, I, I if if I read it and I have a different opinion than what I have now, I'll let y'all know. Yeah. But Cyber here has literally never written a comic I didn't enjoy, so I'm assuming I'll have yeah, a good time a, with it. Got a good record coming into that. Yeah, yeah. What about you? I've been uh, tackling the JMS run of Spider-Man, um, a run I've I only know the two bad things about <laughs> the previously mentioned since past one more day, but it's generally a modern run that's looked back with fondness. And I started it, and I was like, I don't know where that fondness is coming from because the first major thing they tackle is Ezekiel, everyone's favorite is that the guy who's gonna be in the in madam web movie i believe so okay <laughs> lots of spider totem stuff ah, is, yes, yeah yes, yes. Uh, my favorite um but then they get some really grounded uh good issues where uh aunt may finds out peter spider-man like for real this time not a not a not an actor <laughs> that, yeah. that knows this that norman set up and uh there's good there's um really good not manufactured drama with peter and MJ. And there's a whole, uh, you described it as enough set issue, which I don't know if that was like a thing they were pushing at the time again, or if it's just like, that's what the textless issues are now called kind of thing. There's a great textless issue where it's just following everybody and you get a great, you understand everything without words. And there's just, there's been some really good moments that's like finding its footing now. So can't wait to see that get derailed by <laughs> two terrible stories. <laughs> Two well, terribly editorial push stories. Of course, and there's the uh, the black issue. Are we going to talk about that at all? 
Oh. <laughs> the 9-11 issue yeah yeah i forgot about See, speaking of derailing yeah speaking of derailing that, and that comes that comes right in the middle after aunt may's about to confront peter too um it, that issue is really not that bad up until they get to the villains part it is Crying. handled very well until you see every all like magneto and doom standing stoic and the tears coming from doom's eye i uh i'll i'll give it a pass just because it's like well like they're going through it so yeah at the time uh the, the one i'll give it less of a pass as because uh, that's not the first 9-11 thing they referenced with uh, Spider-Man. I believe for the 15th anniversary, I guess you'd call it. Or, no, that couldn't have been right. It was like, it was, I guess it was just 9-11 happened again. Um, uh, the, the, the date, not, <laughs> not the event happened again. They had, one, they had one at the back of a Spencer run where it was like, it was only three pages, um, but it was... Captain America or Captain Spidey looking looking over and Spidey says, "Did you know them? Cap single tier, every single one." And I'm like, "Man, the the good ideas like here. <laughs> this execution is just weird, though." Yeah, I don't think there's a way you could do a real life tragedy. Yeah, like in a superhero comic, and it worked. There's definitely good honest. intent behind this. Yes, yeah. yeah. There, I, there's no malice or anything. I, I won't fault anyone there. It's not like, you know, I think the uh, there's probably more that you could point out Harmon Comics done later with just a depiction of mm-hmm. like uh, Middle Eastern people and it, how it deals with terrorism. This is fine. It's just like, <laughs> it's so out how of left you, field. You're, how do you, you turn it 20 years later? And you're like, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> like it took me a second to figure out what was going on. I was like, "Oh, it's the nine eleven issue." Like, yeah. I just did not know it was coming. It's like it's like twenty years later. We yeah, we were ch- we were quite literally children, children when yeah. it happened. Like, who knows? But no, but it's been a pleasant ride so far. I've been uh, uh everybody's always like, "It's a very back to basics run." I'm like, "It's not though," because it's, it's it's progressing the character. He's a teacher now. Yeah, and he's he's. There, he's not just broken up with MJ for no reason. She doesn't want to be a second option right now. So they're they're just separated. Like they're having to work their own stuff out. No, I hope I hope it proves to be <laughs> those two those two big things prove to be minimal uh minimal uh detachments from it. So yeah, we'll see. I know the arc gets wackier once <laughs> as it goes on too. There's some bad proportions that that era became. No, uh, famous for infamous. Eminem fell off of uh, or stopped being on all new X Men, and I'm like, uh, I did, I did have to be like, is it worth it? <laughs> <laughs> like, Vendis's writing here is fine, but it's like the art did not improve. Yeah. Well, want to see what we're tackling in the new year? Absolutely. You know, but 2024. What could it be? Is this the last time we're ever gonna talk about Spider Man? talking about jms probably knowing our track record it's so big it's a fairly small omnibus like when you stack it up against the rest of my shelf um there's five issues that are making it (laughs) bigger than it should be why is uncle ben so big on the cover he's 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 a he's a big guy he's just (laughs) he's just bigger (laughs) we lad big man that's like thor big (laughs) Yeah, their proportions are a little weird. Uh, we're talking about we're going to be tackling uh, the death of Spider-Man, the uh, not not the final story arc of Ultimate Spider-Man, but of of Peter Parker. I see a interesting name on that <laughs> that cover, Joe. Well, uh, Caleb, we're going to be splitting this into two parts because there, while there are 
only 10 issues of Ultimate uh, Spider-Man left. There are six issues of uh, Ultimate Avengers versus New Ultimates in the middle of this. Six issues of Ultimate Fallout of post the event and uh, one issue of oh sorry it's it's 11 issues of Ultimate Spider-Man that we have left okay. and then six issues of Avengers right in the middle and then six issues of post it so yeah there's there, there there's a bit we have to give you that's why we're splitting up in two parts so this will yeah. be a two-part episode we'll cover this first half next episode Caleb gets his pick and then we'll finish it off yeah, so if you all have any suggestions for why I should put between the death of Spider-Man, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, leading up to this, we're not going to know that he's dying. That'll be episode two. For the rest of the time, it's just going to be hunky-dory. <laughs> all the supers living in one house and also six issues of Avengers. Oh, wait, I just had an idea. What? I'm not going to tell you. Oh, okay. For, for the <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Okay, so... um. How how we're splitting this up is it's going to be uh, 12 issues. Twelve. It's going to be 12 and 12. So it's it's uh, six issues of Spider-Man, six issues of Avengers, and then the, the rest. Uh, yeah. It's been a journey. It really has. <laughs> Chronicled from the second episode of the podcast. Let's do this. <laughs> no, nothing else to say. Enough said. <laughs> well, if you've enjoyed uh, what we've talked about today, you can give us a five-star rating on the podcast platform that you're currently listening to this on. Uh, it gets us up in the charts and gets more people to join in on the comic book fun. If you have more in-depth, if you have more in-depth thoughts you wish to talk to us about, you can email us at allnew52podcast at gmail.com with uh, that stuff and reviews and recommendations if you want any of that. And we'll be back next time with The Death of Spider-Man Part 1. Woot woot. Whip, whip. Dead, dead. <laughs>